Have you ever had any questions about the Bible that you just couldn't get a solid answer for? Perhaps someone gave you answers, but they were confusing or not biblical. You tuned in at the right time and place to find real answers from God's Word, the Bible. You can call us right now with your questions at 472-1111 or in the CNMI at 323-1113. Be sure to turn your radio down when you call. Live from Guam, join us now for Straight from the Bible with Pastor Louis Moffness. Hello and good afternoon. Welcome to another time of Straight from the Bible. This is a live Bible question and answer program here brought to you by Joy FM. I would like to ask that we all please, before we start God's, our study of God's Word, that we please pray with one another. Let's pray. We thank you, Lord, that the Bible is here before us. And when we turn to the Scriptures for answers to our questions, we always pause to ask you, please send us your spirit. We need spiritual discernment, guidance, and wisdom. And you promise these things through your Holy Spirit, and we, we ask for his help. And we would like to pray for all those who are listening in and tuning in, and we pray that you provide answers for their questions straight from the Bible. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, my name is Pastor Louis Moffness, and I'm very, very excited to have my wonderful wife, Jessica, here. Hello, Jessica. So glad that you're here with me today. Hello, Pastor Moffness. Nice to see you again. <laughs> and again and again. <laughs> and we would like to welcome all of our listening friends. And if you have a Bible question, now is the time to pick up your phone and dial the numbers that Jessica will give you so that you can ask your questions and we will go through the scriptures together to find Bible answers straight from the Bible. So Jessica, um, why don't we give them those phone numbers so that they can, so that they can call in their questions? If you are calling from the island of Guam, the number to dial is 472-1111. That's 472-1111. If you are calling from Saipan, Tinian, or Rota, that number is 323-1113, 323-1113. You're welcome to text or WhatsApp your question. That's 671-686-9999, 686-9999. If you'd like to email your question, you're welcome to do so. That's bible at joyfmradio.net, bible at joyfmradio.net. If you'd like to check us out on Facebook, we are live right now. That's facebook.com forward slash joyfmradio. And we're very, very glad to have you contact us through any of these ways. They're on facebook.com. I'm sorry. Yeah, facebook.com forward slash joyfmradio. You can leave your question in the comments section. We'll see it right away. And if you're listening to this program at any other time besides Monday from 5 to 6 p.m., then you are listening to a rebroadcast. I understand that uh, I think sometimes this is aired uh, in the wee hours of the morning. And no, we're, we're not up that early <laughs> doing the program. But if you are listening to this at any other time than our regularly scheduled Monday program, then uh, you can still call the uh, the. You can still call or contact or uh, email your question in. But of course, your live answer will come in the following Monday. And so go ahead and pick up your phone right now, dial in your question, and we'll be so glad to take your call and your question. Well, Jessica, I think uh, we have a call being processed to come over to our side. Um, actually, I think it's probably going to come to us in written form, uh, but perhaps we can take one of those email questions. 
All right. So we do have an email question that did come in. It says Satan was cast away from heaven. So why? So why, why does, do does why Job, Job one six and Revelation twelve seven seem to say he's got fairly easy access there? Okay, so that's a good question. Satan was cast out of heaven um, as far back as Genesis chapter 2 um, and 3. We see that there was already evil in existence. And so God uh, already had a controversy happening between him and Satan. So he was cast out of heaven. But uh, when Adam and Eve, when Adam and Eve sinned, when Adam mm-hmm. and Eve sinned, they um, ate of the forbidden fruit that God says you shall not eat of it. And that is a very, very um, a, a terrible a terrible uh, choice that they made. Not only did they ruin themselves with sin, but in choosing another master, uh, Adam, um, Adam gave something over to Satan. Okay, now I want to read the verse that our our caller, our, the person who emailed the question in. Job or uh, the yeah. Revelation? And the one in Job should be uh, first, I think, because okay. that really does seem like Satan does have access to heaven. Job so. 1.6 says, Now there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan came also among them. Okay, so it seems as if, actually, it's, it's plain there that Satan did have access. Right. And then we go to the book of Revelation 12.7. All right. Let me go ahead and turn there. Thank you. Revelation 12. In Revelation chapter 12, verse 7, it says, It says, And there was war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, and the dragon fought and his angels. Okay. So it seems that that is where he was cast out. As a matter of fact, if you read verse 8 and 9, it says mm-hmm. that in verse 9 especially, he says, And that great dragon was cast out called the devil and Satan, which deceives the whole world. Now, there is something very interesting going on here. Okay, now, going back to Adam and Eve. When Adam was created, God gave something to Adam. Uh, Well, actually, he gave Adam not just something, but all things. He gave everything on earth to Adam. But there was something that was uh, specifically mentioned. If you go to the book of Genesis chapter 1, and talking about the creation of man... And I think the verse I want to read uh, is verse 26. Uh, maybe I'll read this one. It says, And God said, let, man, let us make man in our image after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. Okay, and then when God created man and woman, he, and it says, and God blessed them, and God, this is verse 28, mm-hmm. and God said unto them, be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. So Adam was given dominion. He was to be the leader of this world. All the lions and tigers and bears, all the rabbits and fish and hawks and dinosaurs, they were all under his dominion. Everyone looked to Adam and his wife Eve as, you might say, the representative of of God ruling over this earth. I mean, they were created in God's image. Right. Uh, In the book of Luke, if I'm not mistaken, it calls Adam the son of God because that was the only father Adam had. It was God. Mm -hmm. So Adam had dominion. 
Now, that dominion, uh, when Adam sinned against God and chose Satan uh, to obey him, the book of Romans chapter uh, 6, verse 17, I'm sorry, not uh, 17, verse 16. Romans chapter 6, verse 16 tells us a very, very important principle. And would you like to read that, Jessica? Sure. Thank you. Romans 6, 16 says, Know ye not that to whom you ye yield yourselves, ser- yourselves servants to obey, his servants ye are to whom ye obey, whether of sin unto death or of obedience unto righteousness. So here we see a very important point. Satan um, was given the dominion over the earth that Adam had because Adam um, submitted himself and he obeyed Satan and therefore he became Satan's servant. Now, this is really clear in the book of Job chapter 1 where God asked Job, where did you come from? Mm. And Job says from going up and down the earth and, uh, you know, and walking all over it. Well, that is implying that he has jurisdiction down there. You know, if I go to someone's property and I just start walking wherever I want, you know, that's almost implying like this is my place. Right. And then if we go to the New Testament, then we see when Jesus was being, um, when he was being tempted. Right. uh, The devil showed him all the kingdoms of the world. And then he said something very interesting. He says, for this has been delivered to me. And I'm, I'm thinking that is in the, either the book of Luke or the book of Mark. Oh, Mark. It's in Mark? Okay. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, let I'm me... i um, look for it myself. Okay. Uh, I believe it just might be in the book of Luke. Uh, of course, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, they all, um, they all uh, record the... the uh, Matthew, Mark, and Luke all record the temptation of Jesus. And I'm... I just need to know exactly which one was the one where the devil said, all these things, the kings of the world, were uh, delivered unto me. And perhaps it's Luke. There it is, in Luke chapter 4, verse 6. Okay, would you like to read that, Jessica? And the devil said to him, All this authority I will give you, and their glory for this has been delivered to me, and I, will, and I give it to whomever I wish. Okay, now the question comes, who delivered all these things, the kingdoms of the world and all the authority over the world, who delivered that unto him? Uh, There's nowhere in the scripture that says that God did it. Right. And so God wasn't the one who made Satan the master here. God gave the dominion to Adam. So who's the one who delivered delivered it to Satan? It was Adam. That was Adam. And so, and by the way, Jesus didn't contest that. He right. didn't say, no, it's not. You know, <laughs> he, right. he, he, you know, he knew that, yes, it was delivered to him by Adam. And that is why the world seems to be under the entire, uh, you know, so filled with sin. Right. Uh, because a lot of it is, um, if not all of it, um, is under the jurisdiction of the enemy. So the question that I would like to solve right now is, does Satan still have, oh, and by the way, that's why Satan is allowed access into heaven, mm-hmm. because when the son, it says in Job chapter one that the sons of God came to present themselves before, before the Lord, and Adam, as we saw in the in the New Testament, was called the son of God, right. and so he was supposed to be there, but Satan shows up instead of Adam, and that's why he's allowed access. Because Adam had 
given it up to That's Satan. That's right. He gave Satan his seat. Right. And uh, then there's that whole controversy that God has with Satan. Now, the question is, does Satan still have that um, that jurisdiction? Does he still have that authority? Does he still have access to heaven to represent earth? And um, the wonderful news is the answer is no. It is he doesn't he no longer has that lawful authority that Adam gave him. Uh, we know this because Jesus in the book of John, and I'm going to turn there too, and uh, I'm going to type in the the words cast down because Jesus when he was praying it should be John 17 by the way, where God I'm sorry Jesus is praying to the uh, to the Either it's in John chapter 17, when Jesus is praying to his Father, and I, you know, I'm failing in finding it. All right, let me see if I could find it. And, yep, I'm having trouble. But, you know, Jesus did say, now is the judgment of this world. Now is, now is the, uh, the ruler of this world cast out. And maybe it's not in John chapter, oh, it's John 12. That's why I couldn't find it. John chapter 12, verse 31. And I'm going to turn there so that uh, we can read it. Jesus, just not too long before he went to the cross, not before he went, not too long before he went to the cross, John chapter 12 and reading verse 31, he said these words. Uh, John chapter 12, verse 31 says, and I'll read it. I'll go ahead and read it, Jessica. Yeah, go ahead. Um, now is the judgment of this world. Now shall the prince of this world be cast out. And so there is a second casting out of Satan. Now, he was cast out when there was war in heaven. Then he tempted Adam and Eve and God dominion over the earth when he succeeded in, in tempting them to sin. But, and so ever since Adam and Eve, he's been having access in heaven to represent earth. And we see that in Job chapter uh, 1 and 2. We see that in Zechariah chapter uh, 3. And... But Jesus says, now the judgment of this world, the prince of this world, will be cast out. So what is going to cast out Satan from heaven? It says in the very next verse, in verse 32. Would you like to read that, Jessica? And I, if I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all peoples to myself. So here's the, here's the deal. When Jesus died on the cross, mm-hmm. he took the dominion back from from Satan that was right. given to him by Adam. Right. And the reason this is happening is because on the cross, Jesus put all of Satan's accusations and lies uh, in the light of truth. Right. And so he no longer has any sympathy in heaven. Nobody up there wants to listen to Satan after what he did to Jesus, especially when Jesus didn't deserve any of it. Right. Um, they, no one's going to fall for his lies. He has no more sympathy up there. And uh, there's no question as to who's right, Satan or God, because Jesus answered everything uh, that Satan lied about. And so everyone, as far as the the heavens and all the unfallen worlds, they are all now um, decidedly, the, 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 the decision has been made solidly that Satan is absolutely wrong and he is worthy of death, whereas Jesus was entirely right he is the truth, and he is entirely worthy of worship. And so the, the, as far as heaven is concerned, there is no place for him up there any longer. Um, everything that he got by deceit, 
because Jesus showed the truth, there's no longer any place for him up there. Now, he does need to, we do need to have that same thing happen in our hearts. You know, when we lift up Jesus in our hearts, it casts out Satan out of there too. Right. And uh, that's, a, that's a very, very important uh, principle. So, G, I'm sorry, Satan, at the cross, he no longer has uh, any access to heaven. Now he is not the one who represents the world. Guess who is the one who represents the world now? Jesus. At first it was Adam, then it was Satan. Now it's Jesus, mm-hmm. the second Adam. And so that's why in Jesus we have access to the Father. Uh, I think you were trying to, uh, you were going to say something. And I've done all the talking. Uh, is there anything you wanted to add to what I was uh, talking about? No, I just, I really liked how you said, uh, you know, Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. he redeemed the right. rest of us, uh, the world, I mean. He redeemed the world, paid the price. He did. Uh, took it back. Uh, from Satan, praise God for that. So now we, you know, can have a new master. Yes. Which is Jesus Christ. And if there's any administration we want to be under, <laughs> that's definitely Jesus' administration. He, he's the king we want. That's yeah, right. Yeah. Right. Satan is a terrible king. He's brought nothing, brought us nothing but ruin. I vote for Jesus. And uh, but and that's the wonderful thing is that now we can choose a different master. We don't have to be under Satan's jurisdiction or power. It's so wonderful that now we get to choose something else. We can choose something besides sin. If we're captives, this king can set us free, King Jesus. Right. And I love I love how now that he does represent the earth yeah. because he took it back, mm-hmm. uh, him being in heaven, uh, you know, standing on our, in, in, in the judgment, mm-hmm. in the courts of heaven representing us. Right. I mean, you know, what we saw in the picture in Job, was Satan representing the earth. That's right. What a terrible, terrible thought. That is thought. awful. It's, that is awful, it's, yeah. It's so, oh. And that's why the book of Revelation calls him the accuser of the brethren. Mm. Here he is representing the world, and all he does is accuse. He accused Job. Right. He accused Joshua the high priest in the book of Zechariah. Right. And, so, and then he, he, even Peter, Jesus says, Satan, he told Peter, Satan has asked for you. It's terrible to think that there he is in heaven representing us, but he's really misrepresenting us. It's so wonderful that now things are different. Jesus has, uh, he has full access to the Father, and through Jesus we do too. Right. Okay, so I certainly hope, (laughs) I think we nailed that all the way down. Okay, so we have a question that has come through phone call, and let's see if we can't take a look at it. Okay. Okay, so. Something about public schools? Public schools, friends. That are not Christians, is it okay to Bible study with them? Is it okay to be friends with them? Okay. That is a good question. So in public school, let's say a Christian goes to public school. Right. And there are a lot of, you know. I'm sure there are a lot. It's wonderful to have Christian mm-hmm. education, but there are some that go to public school. Right. They believe in Jesus. They want to they wanna do right with Christ. Is it okay to be to Bible study or be friends with these non-Christians? Well, that's a good question. Mm-hmm. Now, we'll go ahead and say this, that public school, uh, school, it's almost like it is whatever you make it. <laughs> uh, this, this question comes to us because, you know, there's a lot of ungodly influences mm-hmm. in, in schools that, well, they just don't recognize Christ. Uh, you know, there, there's no Bibles in public school. There's no uh, Bible study groups. So is it okay to be friends with them? You know, Jesus, he was a friend of sinners. And uh, so let's let's just, I believe it's in the book of Luke. 
but you can find it in Matthew eleven nineteen, Matthew chapter eleven verse nineteen, and、uh, this is what Jesus was accused of in the book of Matthew chapter eleven verse nineteen. Would you like to read that, Jessica? It says, "The Son of Man came eating and drinking, and they say, 'Look, a glutton and a wine bibber, a friend of tax collectors and sinners.' Hmm. But wisdom is justified by her children." Isn't it interesting that they call Jesus a friend of sinners?、Mm. I think that's wonderful. <laughs> He's a friend of publicans and sinners. Well, that's a good thing because we're all sinners. I'm so glad that Jesus.、Uh, He loves sinners, even though we don't deserve it. Now, should we、uh, love people who are not Christians? Should we be friends with them? I believe that if we're following Jesus' example, then we should seek out、um, these people who don't know Jesus, and through friendship, perhaps we can influence them to know a little bit more about the wonderful Jesus we serve, and perhaps win them over to、uh, the truth of Christ. Right. Now the word that I used was influence, and that's a very important word because there's two ways that influence works: either you're influencing the non-believer, or that non-believer is the one influencing you. Right.、Uh, the Bible says, you know, I um I will not in the book of Psalms. I King David says, I will not sit at the table or sit in the seat of scorners and sinners.、Mm-hmm. In other words, he doesn't want them to influence him. Right. He、uh, he says I don't I hate their way it won't cling to me, and so if you look at the book of Matthew chapter five and there is something here about、uh, if you can read verse sixteen for us Jessica. All right. It says, "Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven." Okay, so we are to let our light. Shine, and so the light gives influence. It, it's a it's a it's a radiant thing, and we are called to shine so that other people can see our good works,、right. and they will be the ones to glorify God in heaven.、Um, and then we see that uh, the uh, the Lord Jesus gives us a caution on the other way, and I'm going to. It's also in the in the Mount, the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew five. Now reading verse thirteen. Could you please、uh, get that one for us? Also, it says,、Jessica? "You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? It is then good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men." Now, God says,、um, "Jesus says, yes, and God, He says, 'You are the salt of the earth.' Okay, now salt is good. You know, it makes things taste better. Right. It preserves things. There's a lot of good uses for salt, but when it loses its savor or flavor." It loses its influence, then it's good for nothing. So Christians ought to be the flavor, the salt of the earth, and so never lose your Christ-like influence. And by the way, the only way to have that is to have Christ dwelling in your heart. If you are in public school and you see that you're 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 not being a good influence, but matter of fact, you're being negatively influenced by your friends, then you might want to limit. Uh, the time spent with them, so that、uh, and increase increase the time you spend with good Christian friends, maybe outside of school. Right. Hold a Bible. You can hold a Bible study、um, if you wish、uh, in in school.、Um, that's something that、uh, students can do. Students can 
uh, get together in the cafeteria, the library, or in one of the classes, and they can start a Bible club or a Bible study. And that's perfectly that's perfectly uh, within the within their rights as students in a school. And so I say, yes, uh, please be friends with those who do not know Jesus, because through you, they might, they just might have a good chance of knowing the gospel truth. Um, but please make sure that your influence is a decided influence. Um, if, if it isn't, then chances are you're the one being influenced and you start picking up some of their bad habits and uh, the wrong attitude and per- and uh, the wrong spirit, basically. Right. Did you have anything to add to that? Yeah, no, I really like how you imp- you did imply that the the sole purpose of wanting to be friends with um, sinners, because we're all we're actually we're all sinners, right, is really to try to win them over to Christ, uh, because you want them to be saved. You want your friends to be in heaven. Mm-hmm. You want your loved ones to be in heaven. And even though they don't know about Jesus, they may never know about him unless you tell them about him. You may be the only avenue that, you know, that is available to them. Right. And uh, when they start influencing you is when you need to step back and mm-hmm. strengthen your your walk with Christ so that you can influence others for the good. That's right. Okay. Well, thank you very much for that question, uh, for the caller who called in that question. It's a great question. And, uh, you know, our, our, our prayers and thoughts are with those uh, students who go, to, who go to public school. And I'm yeah. so glad that you desire to have a, uh, a good influence and to be friends. You know that the answers that we gave can also uh, go with questions like, well, I work at a public school or I work, or I work in a public institution. Mm-hmm. You know, is it okay that I'm friends with coworkers mm-hmm. that are... Or can I start a Bible study there? I say, why not? Why not? It's perfectly within your rights. Right. Okay, good question. Good question. Now, it looks like we have one minute left before we go to our break. And I guess before the music starts playing, I want to give those phone numbers out so that you can call during the second half of of our program today. This is Straight from the Bible. I'm Pastor Louis Moffness. With me is Jessica Moffness. And here are the numbers to call, 472-1111, That's if you're calling from Guam. If you're calling from the CNMI, then please dial 323-1113, 323-1113. If you would like to visit us on Facebook and you can watch the live stream, then you can go to, to facebook.com forward slash Radio. Go to that uh, to our Facebook page and you can go to the live stream and in the comment section you can put your question there and we'll see it immediately and we'll be very glad to uh, take your question. Now as you can hear from the music we're going to be taking a break. We are not finished. We will be right back after this. Someone once said that God sends no one away empty except those that are full of themselves. It seems that those that hoard everything, like time, money, and resources, usually end up empty at the finish line. But those that give of themselves, those who serve and sweat and trust God for everything, ultimately get a life that's filled with joy. So what are you going to empty today so that you can be filled? Joy FM, family-friendly radio. Welcome back to the second half of Straight from the Bible. 
You can call us right now with your questions at 472-1111 or in the CNMI at 323-1113. You can email your questions anytime to Bible at joyfmradio.net. Submit your questions online to joyfmradio.net or message us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash joyfmradio. Join us now for Straight from the Bible. Hello and welcome back to the second half of Straight from the Bible. We are live here in the studios of Joy FM. We'd love to hear from you. If you'd like to give us a call, if you have any questions about the Bible, Pastor Moffness is here ready to take your question. <laughs> the, if you'd like to call, the number to dial is 472-1111. That's 472-1111. If you are calling from Saipan, Tinian, or Rota, that's 323-1113. If you'd like to email your question, that's bible at joyfmradio.net. If you'd like to check us out live on Facebook, we are here right now. That's facebook.com forward slash joyfmradio. Go ahead and take advantage of our second half. We'll be here until 6 p.m. today on Monday, and we would like to um, invite you to call in your questions. So please take advantage and dial right now, and uh, we look forward to hearing from you. And now I believe that we do have another question, Jessica, who has come to us through email, and so let's uh, listen to that one. So Carol asks, can you explain Isaiah chapter 48, verses 17 and 18? Okay. Verse 17 and 18 of Isaiah 48. Mm -hmm. And uh, would you care to read those for us, Jessica? Thus says the Lord, your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. I am the Lord, your God, who teaches you to profit, who leads you by the way you should go. Oh, that you had heeded my commandments. Then your peace would be would have been like a river and your righteousness like the waves of the sea. I love these verses. These are very good verses and promises, as yeah. a matter of fact, yeah. promises, promises sure. instruction. And there's a lot of things in there. Now, the truth is, is being a pastor, I can see that I can write at least one sermon just by these two verses alone. Mm. The Lord is our redeemer. He is the Holy One of Israel. Isn't it wonderful that he is the one that we are looked, we are to look to? Awesome. He, he's the Holy One, and uh, we, we, we need to look to Him as our Holy Redeemer. He's the one who teaches us to profit. Isn't that also, also a wonderful thing? Uh, you know, uh, when we want to prosper in our way, maybe even financially, or prosper in our health, or we want our children to prosper, to grow up in a, in a good way, then it's the Lord who teaches us this. Awesome. And I love how in the very next verse it teaches us how to profit and which way we should go. It says, oh, if you had hearkened unto my commandments. And I like that immediately because the truth is in keeping God's commandments, there's a lot of prosperity and profit and blessings in keeping the law of God. Uh, if we just want to talk about family, can you imagine if every single marriage on earth kept the seventh commandment, thou shalt not commit adultery. Yeah. And all the marriages safe and, and, uh, and secure. And can you imagine what it would be like if every child read the scriptures and saw that commandment, the fifth commandment, thou shalt, um, I'm sorry, honor your father and your mother. Can you imagine if every child kept those and kept that commandment? That'd be 
uh, that there would be more kindness between brother and sister and sons and daughters and helpful children honoring their mom and dad and the mom and dad also taking care of them. And uh, if we were to keep the commandments, thou shalt not steal or thou shalt not uh, kill or thou shalt not lie, what kind of society we would have just here on Guam or the CNMI if everybody kept those commandments? You can see how the commandments are definitely going to improve our quality of life, our length of life, and and uh, protect even the things that we own. And so, yeah, in keeping God's commandments, there is great reward, as the Scripture says. And so, yes, God is teaching us how to prosper and profit. And probably the first principles we should put in action is the keeping of God's commandments. And it says if you do that, your peace will be like a river. And I'm thinking of the great Mississippi River. Um, you know, the Agania River is nice here on Guam. Uh, it's great. But, uh, I, you know, I think God's grace is just way bigger. Right. <laughs> so did you have anything to add to this? Yeah, no, I was. I totally agree with you. I, I really like verse 18. And thy righteousness as the mm, waves of the sea. Right, right. You know, just the waves of the sea coming. is continuous. <laughs> I mean, we live on, on an island and we know what the sea looks like. We, lo- we know waves. Yeah. We know ways, we know the sea. One after another, one after another. Never ending. Yeah. You, you can't outwind the ocean. <laughs> <laughs> no. There's no way you're going to stop the waves from coming. So here God says our righteousness will be like that. And you know, yeah. I, I like what you said. Uh, if we were to keep God's commandments, we would have peace. Mm. Right? There would be peace in our it's hearts and our we homes. we start breaking God's commandments, there is no peace anymore. That's right. Because we're breaking the rules. That's right. I remember when we were in the Philippines and uh, we were having the, the inauguration of the Three Angels Broadcasting Network. It's a TV, it's a it's a Bible based uh, television uh, mm-hmm. station, and they're in the Philippines. And uh, the spokesperson for Three ABN Three Angels Broadcasting Network, uh, uh, his name was Danny Shelton, and he the the president of the Philippines, uh, Gloria at the time, uh-huh. came and he he said if everybody would watch our TV program, our Bible based program, uh, you won't need policemen. You won't need prisons <laughs> right? because everybody will be keeping God's commandments. <laughs> right. And I thought that would be heaven on earth almost Definitely. if everybody would keep God's commandments. You know, a lot of people will be out of jobs, you know, no more, no more need for, uh, there's no need for police men. There's no need for, for prisons, guards, right. lawyers. <laughs> a lot of people would, 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 would uh, dimin- uh, uh, so there would be some diminishment in some of these things, but it would be heaven on earth and f- a lot of peace. And so God's commandments is definitely a way to live life. Okay, it looks like we have uh, a caller. And so who's calling us, Jessica? All right, so this is Kiko. Let's go, go ahead and put him on the air. Hello, okay. Kiko. Hello. Hello, thanks for calling, Kiko. And do you have a question for us? Yes, Pastor. Um, <laughs> I'm... I'd like to know what the Bible says about the struggles with the lust of the flesh. Uh, how can God help me with this issue? That's a good now, question. Now, w- yeah, is yeah. Is there any Bible text? I know David struggled with that when he saw Bathsheba on the balcony uh, bathing, but like, is there other texts that can help me overcome the issue with lust of the flesh? Uh, I'll just listen to your answer off the air, okay? Thank you very much, Kiko, and we appreciate the calling question. Now, what he just uh, brought to attention is something that the Apostle John in his epistle, 1 John chapter 2, verse 16, 
He says, For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, is not of the Father, but is of the world. I think it, it, it goes without saying, pretty much everybody has struggles with right. some sort of desire right. that comes from our flesh. We might call it sensualism. Uh, whether it be something sensual, whether it be something just about food or or some sort of other physical addiction, um, it is a it's a it's a terrible thing to be in the grasp of. Yes, there is plenty of hope from the scriptures about a person who may be um, chained down by a particular habit that has to do with physical pleasures. Right. And uh, first of all, I want to say. Physical pleasure in itself is not evil. God gave us the the ability to enjoy beautiful food and delicious food, right. and it it was God who put who put it in the man to desire to look upon the beauty of his wife. Right. And so these things in and of themselves are not sinful. What does become sinful is when we try to um, take part of these pleasures unlawfully. In other words, a husband and wife can enjoy physical intimacy and affection, mm-hmm. but once it, it breaks that commandment, thou shalt not commit adultery, you have now gone outside of the law, and that is where there's issue. That's when right. it becomes sinful. Now, um, in the book of Galatians chapter 5, and reading verse 24, we see an important principle that helps us with the lust of the flesh. Galatians chapter 5 and reading verse 24. And Jessica, could you please read that for us? Mm-hmm. Here it says, And those who are Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. It says to crucify the flesh. Mm. Now, when I say crucify, what person jumps to mind? Uh, Jesus. <laughs> it would be Jesus. That's right. right. Jesus Christ. We read, we read the verse earlier in the first half of our program. He says, if I am lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. Right. The secret to getting over the lust of the flesh is none other than looking to Jesus on Calvary's cross. When you look to Jesus on Calvary's cross, his love, his purity, his righteousness, and the ugliness of sin All of these things, when it sinks deep into our own thinking, into our own meditation, as when when the 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 light that shines from Jesus Christ on the cross reaches to our inmost souls, it crucifies the lust of the flesh. This is something that David should have done. He needed to take his eyes off of Bathsheba and take a look at what at uh, at at the mercy of God and the love of God, and he would have effectually have. Um, how can I say, he would effectually have uh, killed that desire right. in his heart. Right. And here's another thing. Uh, if you go to the book of Galatians, I'm sorry, yes, still Galatians, Galatians 5, and now we will read the previous verse, verse 16. It says, I say then, walk in the Spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Let's, let's state something that's kind of obvious. Mm-hmm. You are powerless against your own addictions. Right, right. <laughs> you know, otherwise it wouldn't be an addiction. Uh, an addiction is something that you kind of, you know, give into all the time. And so you do, you, you are dependent upon someone higher than you. Right. And it says you need to walk 
in the Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the companion and the power that will give you victory. The one who draws you to Christ, the one who who draws you to look at Jesus Christ and on the cross, and he is the one who gives you overcoming power over the lust of the flesh. Right. And the rest of the rest of the verse says, "Do not make provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof." So yes, you depend upon the Holy Spirit, but there is something for you to do. Don't give the flesh anything. Don't provide anything for the flesh. In other words, if you're trying to give up, for instance, smoking. If you're trying to give up smoking, you go to, the, you go to God, you ask for the Holy Spirit, you plead with him, I need power, I need victory, I need to be drawn to Christ, please give me your spirit. And then after your prayer, then you can cooperate with the Holy Spirit, find those cigarettes, flush them down the toilet. Don't make any provision for them. If there's people that you hang out with that are smoking all the time, uh, find a group of friends that don't smoke. You know, they're all eating apples or something like that. Right. You know, you, you can find, don't make any provisions. Don't give your cravings anything to feed on. Uh, whether it's something you're watching, something you're listening to, something you eat, something that, whatever it is, don't make any provision for it. And then, as I, 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 I hear said very often, if you're trying to overcome a bad habit, replace it with a good one. Mm. There are so many pleasures that can be yours instead of the addiction that you are um, that you're captive by. Um, if you're out walking and or running or swimming, you can't smoke while swimming. So instead of <laughs> instead of uh, instead right. of a uh, instead of uh, going out for a smoke break, you know, at work, go out for a walk break. You know, if you if you're there's something that you're reading that you um, that that uh, isn't right, mm -hmm. then why don't replace it with something else, something enjoyable? You know, you can pick up a magazine about about uh, about gardening or something like something that you know you would enjoy. Replace it with a good habit, and especially especially you know read the scriptures because the scriptures really is uh, it will kill the desires that you have as you're focusing on the goodness of the Bible and you're, you're looking at the character of God and Jesus Christ in the Bible, you, will, um, you, you have taken your eyes off of, quote-unquote, Bathsheba, and you're right. looking to God instead. Right. Okay? Whether it's sugary, donuts, whatever it is, right. look to God, and the more you do that, the less and less sin has power over you. Mm. Now, you could do this for 25, 30 years, and still the craving might still be there. Mm. But you will find that the more you have victory, the more victory will come. You know, you may never get rid of the temptation entirely 100%, but that's okay because you are still having a good walk in victory. If you, f if you stumble and fall, don't give up hope and don't despair. You can always come back to God with confession, forgiveness, and start all over again. Right. I mean, God, I, I love how Jesus Christ gives so much promises to he who overcomes, mm. to he who overcomes. Right there in so Revelation 2 and 3. So he knows that there's so much that we need to overcome. Right. And he, he knows what we go through. And so I love how Jesus Christ knows what we go through. And there's so many promises that we can claim in the Bible. I was thinking about 10, sorry, 1 Corinthians ten thirteen, where it says, No temptation has overtaken you except such as is common to man. Right. But God is faithful who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able, but with the temptation also make a way of escape 
and that you may be able to bear it. So even a promise as simple as that, we can look for that way of escape as we are being tempted, as we are, uh, you know, having our flesh right. flare up. Um, and also, I was also thinking about James chapter four. I love this mm, Bible promise yes. where it says, "Submit there, submit yourselves therefore to God." You got to submit yourself to God first, like you had said earlier, and then you're able to resist the devil resist and he'll flee devil. from you. Draw an eye to God and he will draw an eye to you. I think that's also one way to walk with the spirit. Walking in the spirit is you have to, to you have to submit to God. Mm. When you know that temptation is right in front of you and the struggle is real, submit to God. You got to go to him prayer uh, because there is no other way. We, in our own strength, we know we can't hang. But with God, praise God, his his stronghold is is stronger than ours. That's right. And we can overcome with him. And drawing close to God will help us. And it says, "Cleanse your hands, ye sinners, and purify your hearts, ye double-minded." And the only way is through Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. I love right. that. It, those are wonderful promises you just read, Jessica. And so we thank you very much, uh, Kiko, for the question. We certainly hope that uh, helped. I think we brought out quite a bit of um, verses from the scripture. Mm -hmm. And uh, there are so many others. There are so many other um, Bible promises that we didn't, uh, that we, I mean, the Bible is full right. of them, full we, of like hundreds yeah. of them. But the bottom line is Jesus Christ is, in fact, the answer. We can't get any simpler than that, and we can't get um, any more complete than that. Everything is centered upon beholding the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Mm. And so, uh, and that. there are, there have been so many people who have had their bad habits broken and their lives changed. Right. I think of um, James and John in the scriptures. They had such bad tempers. And yet at the end, John was called the beloved disciple, so gentle, the one who could wrote, who, who could write, um, behold the manner of love that the Father has bestowed upon us. And so he changed. Peter also changed. Mm -hmm. You know, remember he had uh, he denied his Lord with cursing and swearing uh, because he was afraid of persecution and death. And then later on in the book of Acts, when he was arrested and brought before the Sanhedrin, he was as bold as a lion and no longer um, full of self-confidence. Now his confidence was in Christ. And so there are so many people who did overcome their bad habits and their characters changed uh, because the Holy Spirit gave them victory. So good question, Kiko. Thank you very much for your call. And it looks like we do have another call coming that's being processed and uh, we'll, we'll patiently wait for them. But while we're waiting, we want to let you know we have less than 10 minutes left in our program today. Why don't you call right now, 472-1111, 472-1111, if you're on Guam. Saipan, Tinian, and Rhoda, please dial 323-1113, 323-1113. And I saw that there were some people who, uh, one person on Facebook who... Uh, submitted, uh, sh said that he was from, he's listening from Saipan. So I'm very, very glad to hear that. Okay. Now it looks like, uh, we have, uh, someone, uh, who's, uh, to be called now. And so Jessica, who do we All have? Right, let's go and let Frank and back on the, uh, Frank onto the air. Okay. Is this Frank? Hi, Hello. Hi. Welcome to hi. straight from the Bible. Frank, you're on the air. Hi, Pastor. Can you hear me? Yes. Yeah, we can hear you, Frank. Yeah. Go ahead. So today I had a uh, semi-argument with a friend, and I was telling her that what's going on with Israel 
that they are still God's people? And she said, no, they are not. And I said, it's in the Bible, but I need help like finding where are the texts that help show that Israel is still God's chosen. And I was trying to tell her it was because of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. But if you can find some texts to let me know, are they still God's people? Okay, and I will listen to your answers over the air. Thank uh, you. Thank you, Frank. Thank you. That's a good question. Now, no, when, we're, we're, when we're, we're talking about God's people, we're talking about God's chosen, uh, the one to represent him be, uh, here in this world. And yes, that was through Abraham. Abraham, uh, God promised that he would, uh, out of Abraham, come a great people, a great nation, and they would be the ones to bless the entire world. Right. Now, this is going to require more than just a two to three or five minute uh, study, uh, but because it is a, a very deep uh, study about how God's people, wh- who they are today. Right. But I can make it simple in this. Um, in the book of Galatians, Jesus, um, the Apostle Paul, he says, if you be Christ's, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. And he was writing this to the Galatians, um, to, the, to, the, to the Galatians, and they were not uh, physical, biological, literal Jews. In fact, they were, they were Gentiles. And let me see if I can find that. Was I right? Was it in the book of Galatians? I think it just might be. Or it might be in... Nope, there it is. Galatians chapter 3, verse 29. And if you be Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Now, this applies to anyone who belongs to Christ. Anyone who is following Christ, believes in Christ and is accepting uh, Jesus' word and following it, those are Abraham's seed. That is true Israel. Mm -hmm. So it no longer belongs to one biological race. It no longer belongs to biological, merely biological descendants of Abraham. It comes through faith. Now, can literal Israel right now there in you know the the Middle East can they be accounted as God's people if they just like every Gentile but who um, it just the same as it's the same as Jews and Gentiles it's all in Jesus right if you believe in Jesus Christ then you are a part of Israel and just to solidify that even further the book of Galatians that there's so much here that it shows that Isaac was not um, a child of the flesh um, because Abraham and Sarah couldn't have a child with the power of the flesh. And Isaac was a child of promise. In other words, they had to rely upon God to produce Isaac. And so Isaac was, was Abraham's child purely out of faith. And the children of Isaac and Jacob, and in other words, Israel, the only way to truly become a child of, uh, I'm sorry, part of God's people is through, just like Isaac, faith. Just like Abraham had to have faith in God in order to produce Isaac, we also have to be uh, children of faith in order to be a part of Israel. And so that's, what, how, that's one of the arguments of the book of Galatians. 
And so, uh, Kiko, I would like to. Uh, no, I'm sorry, was it was Frank. Sorry, Kiko was the last caller. Frank, um, this is how I would like to explain it. Uh, the people there, the Jews in Israel, um, every one of them is loved by God, just like every Gentile is. And if any uh, biological person, a biological descendant of Abraham turns to Christ, then that per- person joins true Israel. In the book of Romans chapter 2, it's, it uh, reads this way. Um, it says, "He it is not he who is a Jew outwardly, but he who is a Jew inwardly. And so we have to be in our hearts uh, believing in Jesus Christ, um, and that makes us a spiritual Jew, a part of spiritual Israel. Uh, Jessica, did you have anything to add to that? No, I I, I was just like, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I totally agree. Uh, I thank God that uh, even if we weren't born in the land of Israel uh, under under the, the same blood with the rest of the Israelis, uh, that we can still be Christ, yes. you know, through uh, faith. Right. And that we can still be uh, inheritors of the kingdom because through Jesus Christ, of course. I love that. If we are Christ, then we belong to Abraham. We are Abraham's seed, and we inherit all the promises that were given to Abraham. And by the way, the verse I was quoting is in Romans 2.29. But he is a Jew, which is one inwardly. And circumcision is that of the heart, in the spirit, and not in the letter, whose praise is not of men, but of God. In other words, it wasn't a man who circumcises a spiritual Jew. It's God who does that. It's a miracle of God taking a person who was once a sinner and making them a son or daughter of God. Well, that's all the time that we have for today. We're so sorry to have this uh, session end because we were having such a wonderful time hearing and answering your questions. Thanks for those of you who emailed your question and for those of you who called in your question. We would like to invite you to tune in again next Monday for another time of Straight from the Bible. This is Pastor Louis Moffness. Jessica Moffness. Saying good good night. Thank you for joining us for another edition of Straight from the Bible. If you missed out on your question and would like to have it aired next time, you can also email us anytime to bible at joyfmradio.net. Submit them online at joyfmradio.net or message us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash joyfmradio. Join us again next time for another edition of Straight from the Bible. Until then, may God bless you as you study His Holy Word, the Bible.